hopefully right. getting well, is the case. But anyway, let's yeah, we can we can actually start now. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it only took like an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Right, that's the show, guys. That's it. Nice <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's, it's yeah. us struggling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, well, I, uh, should, yeah, go should ahead. we get going? Should we get started, or should we wait until more people show up? Nah, we we can start. Actually, I'm going to answer this guy's question really quickly. Sure. He's like, I hope you don't give up on the reviews. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving up on the reviews. Um, I hope I made it somewhat clear in the last video, although it was like doom and gloom or whatever. But I said that I I don't think I could ever quit doing this. It's just probably going to have to change the format. That's all. Did I hear correctly that there was some kind of uh, potential for you to return? like in the spring like mid March, yeah but i've been responding to comments saying march that's what i'm looking at i mean that gives me time for can jam and then like time to i'm going to can jam um yeah. in new york i think resolve is too i am i, I think that's pretty good um so who knows um i want some time to digest this stuff and maybe hopefully get some things in and then start back up again but anyway this is Resolve's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. We're just sort of I'm just sort of winging it because uh, it turns out I've I've never actually talked to Metal Five Seven One via you know voice or any other communication other than random tweets and uh, Discord uh, memes. So yeah, this is uh, much. a new thing for me. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I mean, for the people who are here. Um, if you guys didn't know already, maybe I think probably a lot of people already do, but Metal Five Seven One is kind of like the inspiration for a lot of well, me, but then I imagine also a lot of other uh, YouTube reviewers um, because I've always had this. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who's like this, but like whenever I'm interested in something, I I get the feeling that there's like if you want to learn about something and research it you can find the, the thing that shows up the most prominently in whatever, you know, media sphere you're in, whether it's Twitter or social media or, you know, Google. And those are usually articles like, you know, The Verge or, you know, big publications that are giving you kind of, uh, I want to say like boilerplate uh, or, uh, yeah, they're giving you a, a certain amount of information, but it's not necessarily tailored to the audience that's going to care about the details or the audience who if they get something or whatever it is they're going to be bothered and nitpick it by or yeah they'll be bothered by tiny little things and nitpick everything and i feel like pushing through that for anything and lifting kind of the veil on that inevitably leads to real information from people like metal 571 uh and that's and in this case, it happens to be just on YouTube. But I'm all I, I've always looked for that kind of information for the people who are. Again, it's like I would be annoyed if I didn't know about something. If I only watched, you know, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm saying MKBHD here, even though I I respect and like his stuff. <laughs> uh, but so, for example, the the Sennheiser HD820. If I only watched MKBHD's video on that, I wouldn't actually get to know anything about how it sounds. And then, like, I saw another one recently where somebody was reviewing the AirPods Pro. And, like, you can Google, you can, or just even on YouTube, you can search AirPods Pro audiophile review and you'll get, like, 20 results. And I bet you, like, most of them don't really talk about how they sound. So, <laughs> you know, being able to talk or being able to get information about how something sounds beyond just 
that basic kind of like two minutes spent on you know it sounds good i like it you know to get actual information about how stuff sound that's 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 what metal 571 has been for me and i think for a lot of other people as well but actually i mean we should probably just launch in because i i mean i do have some things that i've been wanting to ask you uh yeah kind of going beyond that a little bit uh and the main the the first kind of like question i've had for you is like what i mean you're like like say you're just starting your YouTube channel and you're like in your 20 somethings and you have like, you could, the world is your oyster, let's say. The, the, the world of technology is your oyster and you're into all kinds of other stuff. Like I saw a mouse, uh, mouse review, I think a webcam review. And I know you're into cars. <laughs> I know you're into speakers. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, why, why headphones? Why is that? Was the why was that the thing that you gravitated towards instead of anything else? That's funny because um, I think I've told this story before, at least either in one of my live shows or I've typed it out somewhere. But like, I mean, I, I've always been interested in headphones and audio since I was like a little kid. I usually tell the story of like, dude, I've been using equalizers first on sound cards, obviously, <laughs> because I was a hardcore gamer for years and years. Um when i was like before i was even like a teenager so i mean i was always interested in good quality audio but the thing is that i hadn't like been reminded or also uh i come from a pretty frugal family so like they would basically say hey oh you already have a headphone why do you need another headphone and, like <laughs> it's ridiculously <laughs> funny to think about that now but <laughs> obviously but um yeah, I've always been into it, but nobody kind of like reminded me until when I went to grad school. That was like uh, 2012, 2013. And there was an M50 on one of my uh, lab mates' desks, and I tried it, and I was like, no, 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 now I have to do this. And then I started, uh, I did started going crazy. Oh, apparently I'm slightly loud. Sorry. Oh, oh, did you did, you turn, did you turn me up in the oh boy. <laughs> okay, there oh, we no. go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Blowing yeah, people's ears out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that that's why I got into it. I mean I was always I was always into it, but the problem was it's just like I hadn't shifted I didn't decide to shift my um my focus on it until, you know, that happened. And I also was very careful to spend like a good amount of time before I even started reviewing, I feel like I spent like at least a year or something like that just you know buying up like headphones that are not too expensive maybe like 100 150 buck range um just to get an idea of like how all these things sounded and yeah i pretty much came to the same conclusion you did it's like why where's where's the sound description because i'm like hearing these things that are pretty clearly different in these ranges and nobody seems to be talking about it and then of course i found inner fidelity and i was like wait you can find out how a headphone sounds kind of before you buy it. That like, blew my <laughs> mind away. And that's why like measurements have always been um, such a central part of what I do too. But obviously they're not everything. But anyway, that's a whole other subject. But that's but, but so before that you, went. So before you were looking at frequency response graphs, you were already EQing your headphones by ear. like basically. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I just, I made the joke. It doesn't matter where I was. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll come in and I'll adjust your bass and mids and treble controls in your car and your <laughs> stereo and your sound card and like all this stuff. I don't know. Obviously, my my taste has changed slightly, but that's also a whole other topic from those days to now. Not that right. much though. It kind of went one way and then it went back. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, in a way, then it was born out of necessity because nobody was actually doing this, um, yeah. but also because you were mad that there were 
headphones that sucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. I, I obviously didn't have a, it took a long time to get a good ear. I mean, it takes anybody a good time to yeah. get a good ear to judge what's good or bad for a certain price range. That's actually funny because that's kind of why I don't do IM reviews yet because I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting to build a small collection of to figure out what is good for what price because that's really yeah. difficult. And I mean, and everybody starting out has that problem. So <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but you're also a musician, right? Like you, I mean, you play guitar. It's, it's funny because, um, even though, yeah, I do, I do play guitar as only a hobbyist. Like I actually have never taken a guitar lesson. I was just self-taught. I was just really interested in it. I don't know. Somebody brought, um, when I was younger, someone brought in a guitar to an event I was at and I was like, Oh, that's a thing. And then I played it and I was like, Oh, that's more of a thing. I need this now too. (laughs) It's like just that thing you discover you're interested in, but you didn't really realize. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't really, it's funny. I wouldn't really call myself a musician as much as just a hobbyist, but uh, it's, it's a fun hobby, but yeah, like I've always had an idea of what I think the music is supposed to sound like. So obviously everyone has that idea in their head, but, um, well, I, I'm amazed by sensitive to it. So I, I, I think, I mean, I wonder if that's, uh, an explanation for uh, you know because growing up around instruments I find that's one of the re- one of the things that I always try and listen for is how close does it get to the thing that I know that it's supposed to sound like right yeah definitely. So if you've heard those instruments it goes a long way to kind of giving a but again that's also affected by the room that you're in and even just the instruments themselves and how far away you are and everything else so um, it's course, not always yep. easy to get that um, but okay, so I mean, it sounds like there was kind of like this, uh, like because you were f- detail oriented and couldn't find any anybody providing the information that you were looking for, you jumped into doing it in headphones, and then like that was just what sort of took off. I mean, people obviously, it it was a, it was a a gap that needed to be filled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of what I realized with YouTube, like my hilarious ridiculously overly viewed one webcam review is what got me this like (laughs) this ridiculous youtube partnership yeah um to start with and it was really just because the reason why that happened was because there was there was nothing i went to google i mean this was like man what was it like 2010 2011 something like that i think and nobody had a review saying, oh, here's what the manual settings do, and here's how it looks when I change it to this, and like this crappy short review, just doing that, got there's like 100,000 views or something stupid now. And so, it, yeah, that, but getting back to the point I want to make is exactly what you said. Like, if you want to do something on YouTube, at least at that time, it was easier to pick in a niche that nobody had uh, right. carved out yet, and if you get that video out that nobody has that people are looking for and then people will will come and look at it so i don't really think of myself as some i still don't think of myself as some big influence or some big youtuber because i'm like too focused on looking at my sub count and being like oh yeah i'm not that big or whatever but i forget that a lot of people are probably just googling and finding videos from hey i want to review on this thing doesn't mean they want to watch reviews all day i feel like that's kind of a weird person want to watch reviews all day (laughs) So. There's that's d- definitely true, but I mean, there's also like there's an element of, I guess, I mean, for me at least, it there's an element of worry when I see something that's that's a YouTube spe- like a specific YouTube review, when I know that it's constructed in a way that's not necessarily meant to uh, provide the most information. So, for example, if I see it's again, I'm 
uh, I'm cracking down on MKBHD here, but like it's for a specific <laughs> audience, right? Uh, I mean, that stuff, yeah. It's there is information there, but it's for an audience that I feel like the person who's potentially you know, going to purchase the thing, if you would want to know more, and especially for things, say you only have $200 to spend on a pair of headphones or something like that, and you want to know, okay, like how far does this $200 get me? You want to know as much as you can about the thing before you buy it. And, uh, and yeah, and it, it definitely feels like, like for me at least, I'm always a little bit wary of, um, yeah, the stuff that feels a little bit overproduced or um, meant to be too slick because then the focus isn't necessarily yeah. on the, you know, whatever it is that we're talking about. It focuses on, you know, making it look nice and getting subscribers and getting you know people to donate to whatever or getting you know people to buy the amazon link or whatever right yeah um, yeah i mean it's a it's a different lens both literally and figuratively yeah. <laughs> like and the, the yeah. tech review sites are looking at these things as what features do they have and what you know it's cool about them tech wise yeah um and a reason a reasonably priced headphone that sounds good to most people <laughs> um, is going to get a good review. So yeah, yeah. As long as it but, you know makes sound yeah. in a reasonable way, the other things are the features are what people are focusing on. But I don't want to get hung up on there yeah. that stuff because uh, right. I actually had other questions for you as well. Uh, yeah, you yeah. for anybody who I guess we now have a couple people in here. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like moving 30, along. thirty something people watching. It's pretty good. Um, so I, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, and probably most people do, again, Metal Five Seven One has decided to take a step back. Let's say not a not a retirement. He's not uh, crying at a hundred. Yeah, it's really just a break. Subs. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah just taking a, a break. But I wanted to ask you, like, why uh, was there any? Th I, I kind of have a sense of why you want to take a break. I mean, it was pretty clear from that video. But was there any one thing that kind of you know set it off for you? I mean, a lot of people are going to say it's the LCD One review, and that's not <laughs> completely wrong. That's that's, that's um, this headphone. <laughs> the the, the problem yeah this happens to be the one you're wearing i think the, the reason why was because i don't know some people were mad and it, got, it looked shady because i had gotten the headphone in advance um uh, because you know they wanted me they wanted to see what i thought you know mm -hmm. under you know under embargo to see if it was any good like i, I generally am gonna just completely dismiss things now um that i don't think are worth buying so obviously the fact that i kept that and did the review very quickly and it was actually kind of nice for me to be able to get my opinion out there really quickly so that people would know it's not a terrible product that they should <laughs> avoid just and it's brand new um yeah. obviously that worked well for the product i mean it's not perfect and obviously i discovered that later when i finally heard the sundar at home as you know but mm -hmm. anyway that's kind of like telling the story of that review rather than why i stepped back but a lot of it is because I, I do have a full-time job, and I go there, and then I come home. And when I come home, the last thing I want to do is go and do more work. <laughs> and as soon as, like, YouTube started to feel like it was more work and not fun anymore, and that was definitely the exact opposite of what um, I intended. So that's why I needed to take at least a break of some kind. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm a fairly lazy person when doing these reviews and stuff, and... <laughs> You know, it was really funny. One of the last ones I shot, I think it was a 361. I think I did like 21 takes on it in a row because somewhere I randomly coughed in the video and I'm like, crap, now I have to start this over again. I have some of those problems as well. Not total perfectionism, but like, oh my God. It's just boring sitting alone and trying to shoot a review of that. So like, that's why 
anyway, getting back to what, so that's why I took the break. But I think that when I come back, what I want to do is more of this kind of stuff. I think people really like live shows now. That might be, I don't know if it's, I mean, that's kind of always been the case. Like Twitch has kind of proved that, obviously, as you know. People like yeah. to interact with the audience and stuff. But yeah. I feel like a lot of this hobby is just people like, I mean, most of it is just people wanting to know what to buy. And so naturally that's questions. So being able to answer questions live seems like the seems like the the, the niche that I'm going to move into, but not completely. <laughs> I think I'm going to feature a headphone at the beginning of the live show, being like, "Here's what I've heard recently. Here's what I think." But short, and then take questions on that product and um, and whatever other questions, something like so that. I think that's what I'm going to move towards. Means you're going to have to be you're going to have to be live like the entirety of every weekend. You know, as soon as you wake up, you just yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the schedule for that's going to be yet either. But that's actually infinitely easier for me than even just doing the regular reviews. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a lot of work to you know. I, I and I people don't know. I think Darko actually said this. What was it today or yesterday or something? He released a video about like what are my what do my reviews mean? Which actually wasn't that bad. It's good to clarify like <laughs> what you're doing and. He mentioned in there like people have no idea how much work goes behind this and like for me that's a lot of listening and a lot of swapping a b a b a b like most of the time i'm really tempted to just stop and just listen to music and have fun but like i have to force myself into like here's the same test tracks i've heard thousands of times let's go play them again <laughs> yay fun <laughs> yeah i've definitely so... run into that <laughs> uh, but with so with that i mean there you brought up something the most people when they're watching any reviews of this kind of stuff they they're they're watching it as you said for to, to potentially purchase something right because they have something already in mind and they want to know if, if it's any good so they type it into you know whatever and then they get a result and it's, yeah. it's you talking about the headphone but there are also i feel like there are people with that i'm meeting now within i mean it's within the headphone community and, and just in general in this hobby who and in discord and whatever else who they are not you know it would be so nice to be that person who can just buy a headphone and then take it home or you know and be happy with it and listen to your music <laughs> and then whatever but yeah. because like once you're you know at a certain point in it it's it feels like there's it just keeps getting you know you you want to hear more and different things and you just want to keep going down the rabbit hole and i'm starting to meet more people who are like that who are like me <laughs> and so i i wonder if i mean just thinking of of i i like the idea of having reviews be i mean that's the whole point is to make it helpful for somebody who's going to buy it but i think there's also an like a, a segment and, and hopefully maybe maybe i'm wrong about this but hopefully it's growing where you know the it's people who just want to know what we think of things and and want to know even if they're not interested in buying it it's like i i noticed this with like the empyrean or uh, even the head the head uh, head audio headphone yeah. where it, it's not about i'm going to potentially go out and buy this thing it's about uh i just want to know what you think um do you is you know, what is the hierarchy of flagship headphones for example or what is the best uh, you know DAC or amp for the whatever for whatever price range and so uh, and that's cool I mean I think it's interesting and it's kind of cool because then I feel like these are the types of people who I'm more likely to encounter if I go to a meet or some sort of show or an event 
Um, and, and then it just becomes, you know, talking about headphones and then we go into super nerdum, <laughs> nerddom. But, Very quickly, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, that's uh, that's not really a, a segue into anything. That's just something I, I, I keep noticing. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think... I think I like being more of a guide and I think that eventually some of the reviewers more than others and whatever, you know, whoever's ears seem to align more with um, whatever your experience has been, you'll pick a reviewer and be like, Oh, okay, here's my guide for, you know, if I want to buy something new about the new products coming out. I I like, I like looking at it in that light a little bit better. It's like, Oh, this person said this and Oh, this person said this. And again, if you kind of get the idea of what those people like, then you can make a really good potential decision. Um, speaking of which review process, that was my next, the thing on my list. (laughs) So I, I'm aware of, of, of your review process, but actually I wanted to bring up something that has been a, I mean, I think your, your review process is also one of the things that I've gravitated towards for myself but mm. but the and i've tried out some of the because you basically use the notch filter on a sweep right uh to check for peaks and stuff like that right? um yeah that's one of the things i'll do if i think there's a peak um and sometimes before that that'll either come from uh just music listening or if i'm not sure then i'll sweep a sine wave on while the headphones yeah. on my head and try to find you know where it's loudest <clears throat> and dips yeah what i've noticed i mean it's a lot of it does come with experience too though because i mean as you're just saying if you just put it on your head and you like i'm starting to get to the point now where i can immediately recognize a 5k hertz peak like right away right it's like, okay yeah. that's a 5k hertz peak and then i look at the measurement and sure enough there it is whereas like even like a f- maybe like six months ago or a year ago definitely i wouldn't have been able to do that <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it just sounds weird somewhere i don't know right. where it is yeah uh, so it's it is a ma- i mean there is a an element of the more you do this kind of stuff the better you get at being able to identify those things um, but i wanted to ask you about something i mean I've, I've come across um this was like a while ago i was doing a bit of reading about this when i first heard about your method for for like with with the with the notch and I was looking into actually when people, uh, when they lose their hearing a little bit, or just as as people age, losing your hearing the way that we do, um, and where we lose hearing first, or the, the way that we lose hearing. Uh, and, you know, I always thought, okay, you, you always lose the upper frequencies, and then it kind of just gradually, you just, it goes down, right? You eventually just can't hear, like... Well, for me, it was like, okay, 18K hertz, then can't hear, quite hear 17.5, then 17K hertz, yeah, then it goes right. down. But I've started reading up, uh, I should just send you a link to some of this stuff, but I was reading up about, you know, if you're listening to music, certain types of music with headphones that have certain, not just headphones, but any speakers, or say you work in a factory where they, they're hitting something that specifically resonates at, right, you know, yep. it, it, 6K hertz or so, I don't know, whatever it is, um, there's a chance that it can impact your your hearing or a person's hearing there not necessarily in a linear fashion with the rest of the where your hearing would normally be um and i it made me self-conscious when i was trying the notch thing because i started thinking well maybe like i hear uh, uh this was actually when i was doing sound editing for some uh, documentary stuff but i was second guessing myself because i was thinking maybe what i'm hearing here is is a a recession or whatever it is but uh maybe i'm that maybe i've just been listening to uh you know burzum for too long it's just a dead <laughs> spot or something yeah, yeah yeah exactly and then it just it it or it so 
where the hearing roll off is. Let's imagine our hearing is a flat line, which is not obviously, but imagine that you know it's compensated to whatever our ears actually are. Yeah. And imagine there's it, it rolls off at the at the highs, but then at certain points, if for whatever reason we we've been you know sitting next to an airplane for too long, you know maybe the. <laughs> Maybe a certain yeah. different part of the frequency range is going to dip down a little bit, and then it makes it more difficult to recognize immediately that you know five k hertz peak or whatever that might be. Whereas other people who don't have their hearing as impacted the same way as they age may not have that issue, and then that kind of I don't know, maybe that's another one of these things that accounts for why people hear things differently. I don't. Know, what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff? Yeah, apparently that that's definitely a thing, um, and. As far as I know, I don't have that problem, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely makes impressions kind of interesting because there are quite a few people who have specific um, loss ranges like that. So it's 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 something that obviously we can't, and as far as I know, we can't really fix and we can't really accommodate that for everybody. Um, but well, that's uh, what that, the frequency yeah, response graphs are. <laughs> yeah, <helpful>. yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely a thing. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, that's that's real. I've read about that before. I mean, my hearing rolls off on the top also, like, but that's like above 10k. Yeah. But I don't think think there's anything else really, yeah, really wrong there. Because I mean, I've I mean, obviously I've been through like I don't know 100 headphones or something, and if there was a dead <laughs> spot, I would be dead on a lot of them. But yeah. yeah, no, that's that's definitely something to take into consideration that people probably don't uh, don't normally know about unless they've already been to an audiologist, and usually they can identify something like that. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, in some ways, that also explains it. If I say, you know, oh, I love this headphone, someone else is like, I hate it because of whatever. <laughs> it's like yeah, one right. of us is potentially, you know, <laughs> has an issue there. But uh, I mean, yeah. again, that's that's why we need more precise measurement rigs to. Yeah, at least something. I, yeah, I wonder because if you think about it, you know, each rig and pinna has its own compensation, so. Yeah. And and your 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 brain is supposed to compensate for whatever the shape of your ear is. So supposedly in the end, I think we should all come out somewhere around the same <laughs> because of that. But I don't well, know that for to, sure. Because that's also what we're used to hearing. Right, because like our brain is compensating yeah. for whatever the kind of shape is that we have. I mean, unless the headphone yeah. is like pushing up against your ear and bending it some way yeah, yeah, and yeah. messing it up. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's going to be a problem. But um, I don't know if I, I I feel like it's more down to the music people listen to and I just a personal to preference than I, I used to think that maybe everybody hears hears completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I've talked with Jude about this actually uh, last year at Can Jam, and he said that he and his colleagues swept a sine wave and they both heard a different um, dip or peak at like 15K or 16K on an HD650 or something like that. Apparently there is a peak way out there. I can't hear <laughs> quite out that that far. Um, but yeah, it's... So I don't know. It, the, the, although the other problem is if you start um, talking about dips way up in the, in the range, way up top, yeah. that's another problem because that's where, you know, measurements vary the most. And so obviously positioning on your head varies the most. So I don't even know if that can explain, um, why people perceive things differently. I think it's, I think it's more of a matter of taste. Like people I find who like more forward upper mids or actually, I should say normal upper mids, uh, compared to me are probably not listening to things like metal where there's a lot of electric guitar yeah. always yeah. pummeling yeah. you in the face. But if you want your vocals to be forward on purpose, then a lot of headphones like, like LC2 is going to sound like completely dead. 
So it's it's depends. I the only thing you can do and we can do and this is my approach is have a set reference, explain the reference and then compare everything to that reference and then people will know that if you think something's a little bit forward but people who like the HD650 or the 600 will like this thing then that I think that's more helpful. Um so Yeah. Um I oops getting I wanted to show bring this up here. I'm going to see if I can put it on the display. Is this showing up for people? Maybe not. It's yeah, I'm watching be... the stream, but uh, we won't know for a couple seconds, probably. <laughs> oh, I can probably. Yeah, it is showing up. Okay. It's... okay. I'm putting it right on top of your, because that's the only place I can put it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, uh, kind of what we're talking about. Oh, so yeah, that's chart. Is that... yep. Yeah, I don't know if this is accurate, but I, I when I came across this, I thought, this is, this is so helpful. Now, again, I Actually, don't know if I can. yeah. You, I, if, I, if no, I, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think for the most part, yeah, that chart's pretty helpful as like a general guide. Yeah, and they have like these where it's like not uh, the full color here. It's kind of like uh, translucent a bit. Uh, it's like that's kind of like the overtones or ringing resonances that would be there. And I think, looking I think at harmonics, yeah, harmonics. harmonics that's right, probably. Term, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I look at like piano, I mean, even in my expectation of what you know the piano would be, I mean, of course, that's it depends which note you play on the piano, but. Uh, to see that amount of difference that it goes all the way into like what 9k 10k yeah that's crazy to me you know and we i mean again those descriptions that like if, if it's elevated at three to five k hertz or whatever that ends up being for like electric guitars that's gonna suck <laughs> but for pianos and you can then look at where the range is right um, and uh, get a sense of what's going to be better there. But I think a lot of that, I mean, the preference there as well comes down to um, like the way you want that to sound. Like I, like right. I do not like an elevated upper or lower treble or whatever that is three to five K Hertz for electric guitars specifically for that reason. It just sounds shrill to me. It sounds aggressive, but at the same time, I love that for pianos. I love that for right. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've had this conversation a couple of yeah, times yeah. and it's, it makes, yeah, it's it makes it difficult to say is it forward or not. So like other people were saying in the in the chat here a little bit earlier, um, should probably pay more attention to the chat. Everything has to yeah. Now I'm just it, there isn't that much going on. But somebody was saying uh, it's very important that you compare everything relatively to at least some other headphone or whatever, and that's that's exactly the problem. And there's actually a name for this whole phenomenon, which you probably have already heard of by now. It's called the circle of confusion. Yes. Because that's exactly what it is. I mean, the the engineer, if you think about it, the, the audio engineer mixing and mastering music heard something out of some monitor system that you have no idea what the frequency response was in the room. And now you're playing it back on headphones that have some other frequency response that's not flat because there's no such thing as a perfectly flat headphone. I mean, yeah. and then everyone has their own definition of what the flat headphone would sound like or what they want the music to sound like. So if you combine all these things together... And then you add in things like every microphone has a frequency response and most recordings are EQ'd somewhere. Sorry, non-EQ people, but <laughs> you know, mixing engineers EQ all kinds yeah. of things all over the place before the final mix. Like this, there's, there's no way. And I think one of the goals of what Sean Olive's trying to do actually with his Harman response is it, I think he's kind of working backwards. He's trying to figure out what already recorded music um, and obviously the choices that he picks for that test definitely have probably have some kind of major influence on the response as well on top of this problem. He's working backwards. He's got already recorded music and he's trying to 
come up with what people prefer that to sound like. But the real goal in the end is to be like, okay, can we have like a, can we have a set target for studios so that people can have a set target for headphones and speakers? Because if, if we don't have that, then there's, there's no way to know what people expect it to sound like. But anyway, yeah. Then, then on top of that, there's preference. So that makes it really difficult. Yeah. It's like almost impossible. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Sean Olive, I want to get into some of the, I guess, I mean, if this isn't technical enough, <laughs> oh, no. uh, there was the one claim, uh, and you know what's coming, but there was the one claim uh, that he made talking about how detail is all frequency response. Yeah. And I I want to walk back my initial sort of apprehensiveness about that, because based on, you know, the conversation I've had with you about that, I, I tend to now kind of agree that it, it is there. I mean, it, uh, no smoothing whatsoever, like it measures what's there, but the, the reality is we wouldn't be able to point at that and know, you know, we wouldn't be able to figure out or compare what the detail would be across headphones, like an LCD four yeah. versus a, you know, even like a, you know, CMF Verite or Focalegia or whatever. Like we wouldn't be able to look at the frequency response and go, okay, this one has more detail, even though the frequency response probably captures that. Right. I mean, there's probably, so the reason why I can't say that he's wrong or, or right is because we don't know what to look for. Like he said, (laughs) it's possible that there is some way of viewing the frequency response that can give us a hint as to what, whatever detail is. Um, but yeah, we just don't know what that is yet. But at the same time, like the way I described it to him, um, cause we were talking about, Hey, what if you, you took your 7506 and he queued it to the same exact curve and then did the same thing with an LCD four. And you, and if you record those two on a head and torso simulator with really good mics and you play them back, they're not going to sound the same. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. clearly some extra grittiness going on with the yeah, Sony. Yeah. If you did that, that's what I told him. Like, can can you please find out why this is and what we need to look for in metrics because this has been a constant problem so no here, okay you know what someone someone in the okay so someone in the comment just said impulse response and distortion so first of all total harmonic distortion is very has very little influence on um detail Total harmonic distortion is actually very difficult to pick up. And actually, I believe there's even a YouTube video that plays the same sound looping over and over and increases the harmonic distortion. And you're supposed to look away from the video. And then when you start <laughs> to hear it, look back at the video. When I did that, it was like over 10%. Yeah. And yeah. so harmonic distortion really doesn't have anything to do with, uh, with the grain that we hear, as far as I can tell. Impulse response is something that... When I talked to Odyssey about this, they said they said it was very "quote unquote" difficult to measure. I don't know if that means that they know how to measure it, or and they don't want to tell me because it's like a trade secret. But they did say it has something to do with the weight of uh, of of the moving mass, which makes sense yeah, because that that's Utopia yeah. is probably the lightest moving mass um, dynamic headphone, which is why it sounds so detailed like it does. So anyway, but I would get, but yeah, I don't, I don't think the problem with using impulse response like that as, um, impulse response is generally just another way to view the frequency response. It's the frequency response in the time domain. So that's, I don't think that's uh, it either. (laughs) I was gonna, I was gonna talk, I was gonna bring that up as well. I mean, that's kind of, eh, there was a bit of fun about that a while ago, um, about CSDs and the value of that. Um, I didn't mean for that to kind of blow up as much as it did. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Reddit and everything. Yeah, but yeah, CSDs are very interesting. It yeah, is. No, no, and, I used to think the same thing until you know I had a lot of conversations with oratory and man economist of cascadia audio yeah this oh, it's just yeah that rabbit hole goes really deep with all the but yeah. you know it would be fun to do more research on that because i feel like it yeah, i mean right from what i read on i mean i reading the aes stuff that was provided the audio engineering society publication that a lot of that stuff was referencing um like it yep. it makes sense i mean the whole minimum phase device thing where uh, basically there's no new information given by the csd because that is what proportional with the, uh, the the frequency response to the time domain doesn't give any, there's no new information because it's right. in, in minimum phase devices. Um, at least that's sort of how I understand it. But I couldn't find in anywhere in there that would indicate that that wouldn't also take into account base characteristics, like not base frequency response, but like bases and like base rate characteristics of, of certain materials. So, or of certain, hmm, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. Meaning... Like at least from what I read, it seemed like it would still be possible for uh, time domain information to mean something, but not that it would be somehow disproportionate with the frequency response. So when you and I, again, I, I look at the HD eight twenty for something like this, where when yeah. you raise the, the 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 gap there, suddenly it just sounds like you actually can hear the glass, <laughs> as somebody said in Discord. Like it doesn't oh, sound good funny. at all. Yeah, um, and it just it, so I'm I'm just. Uh, that's something where, yeah, I, I'm on the same page now as I think what a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, the, the oratories and the mad economists where for minimum phase devices, there's no new information given, but from reading that, that stuff, I couldn't find anywhere that would indicate that there was nothing, uh, there, that the base characteristics wouldn't then also impact, like they, they wouldn't be somehow independent from the frequency response but they that didn't mean that they were uh, not important somehow um, yeah the, i think that the problem is correlation like people are just like like myself uh at one point i was like oh yeah i see a i see a ringing ridge in the csd that's green like you can't do that no like, that, yeah, yeah that's not scientific and Especially until somebody can like, prove all... that Right, they're all yeah. ridiculous there it's uh... yeah, it's very weird there's at least some kind of ortho wall on a lot of planers when you measure them on a csd but i certainly have never been able to hear anything that sounded like that i don't know if that has something to do with the way the timbre of the driver sounds or not either again correlation we don't know yeah um so that's it's kind of a mystery sean olive said um and what's great about talking to dr olive is that he's a researcher so he's not he's not like the audio community where it's like no yeah. that's wrong he's like what what do you think might be causing this and like let's investigate it and when i talked to him about it, he said maybe it's some kind of non-linear distortion so that's maybe some other metric we don't have yet mm -hmm. which is also interesting that we've never looked at so anyway that's that's getting really nerdy and we've alienated like half the audience already <laughs> but actually the audience grew in the last couple there minutes. we go surprising <laughs> we're elevating you know <laughs> i think somebody just posted on reddit too i got some oh, notifications okay. so maybe that's why <laughs> but anyway um, so um, just getting back to yeah. the, the detail question, yeah. uh, I want to ask what what Sean Olive's response was to the to your question about the the two headphones comparing to one another and just EQing one to perfectly match. I mean, whether or not it would, did he say that there, it was possible, or was he? Well, no, he said that at least in the listening test that he did, people could not tell the difference to, among a bunch of headphones EQed, and that seems. I mean, yeah. a trained listener should should be able to pick that up, which is kind of weird. 
Um, but yeah, like I said, other than that, the, his other response was after I told him like, hey, go and record a 7506 and an LCD-4 or a 009 or whatever, all EQ to Harmon response. And listen back to that on a very high resolution headphone. Listen back to it on the 009 with no EQ, whatever. Something that's detailed, quote unquote, because it's subjective so far. <laughs> and tell me that there's no difference there because I don't think so. Yeah. Um, when uh, looking at some of Tile's old... Um process he yeah. seemed to value square wave response yeah somebody that. brought that up i think in the in the chat i was going to comment on that when we were ready but yeah he, he did value square wave which i thought was pretty interesting it's funny I, i've been so i was chatting with uh, somebody this was like a couple months ago i was chatting with somebody from gross and i asked him i just did via email correspondence and i asked him specifically uh, you know, what about trying to f measure, you know, square wave response, because that's what Tile used to do. And the response that I got was, uh, well, I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know yeah. if it's, you know, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of peculiar too. people. People like to point at that. But if you think about it, what's a square wave? I mean, it's like an impulse. Yeah. And then yeah. flat and then another impulse going like, so you're, yeah. I think you're mostly still looking at the impulse response, but now you're giving <laughs> it in a square wave form. At well, least I could be totally off, but that's what I'm pretty sure it ended up being. <laughs> I thought the point of the square wave response was to show how well defined the corners could be essentially for the, for the, for the wave. Well, right. But if you think about it, that's the time domain um, representation yeah, again, exactly. yeah, yeah. of what that would be and the, and the frequency. So you're looking at yeah. the frequency response again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. As someone said, square is just that far. As far as I know, that's that's what uh, that's what I've been told. So that was kind of bizarre. People like to point at that. But, yeah, you know, people like to point at Tile as some all knowing Oracle. And <laughs> in reality, I don't think any of the reviewers are infallible. No, None of no. us know everything because it's that's what makes the hobby so interesting to me that's another point i want to put out there more often is audio doesn't seem to be a solved problem in terms of like oh yeah Certain, we can just yeah. like 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 photography i think i mean not that there can't be more improvements but there's i, I have some really big photo buffs uh where i work and they just in seconds they'll just pull up a site after site and be like here's the grain here's this here's the and I'm just like wow yeah i wish yeah. we had all this <laughs> headphones because <laughs> it doesn't seem like we have all that data the data is clearly there somewhere in the recording of a headphone if you recorded a headphone you can hear this stuff like um i thought it was interesting if you're listening with a very detailed headphone like if you listen to olive's gadgets demo of the 58x and the um the 600 you can actually hear that the treble is grainier in the 58x but you have to be using a headphone. I don't like sound demos. That's another topic. Yep. <laughs> but you can definitely hear it if you have a headphone that outresolves both of those headphones. Your, so, your uh, reference point needs to be better than whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, pretty later. pretty much. And that's but that's I mean, that's my that's my concern with that's the, the problem sound with sound demos, demos right? exactly. And plus, most people who are looking for this at this stuff are also. I mean, it's going back to what we're saying about people who are potentially wanting to buy something. Yeah. If you're wanting to buy it, it, it you're less likely to have something that's better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you know. People so, wearing Razor Krakens listening to, listening to the H D eight hundred S and it's like yeah. um um getting what I worry about. Even if in the best cases, yeah. like with the most accurate cases, it's still I, I worry that it's misleading because people won't understand the, the way that you're supposed to take it. The way that you're supposed to understand yeah, it. Yeah, I I mean every time I've I've brought this up, um even even showing the frequency response is 
more yeah. helpful than a sound demo yeah. pretty much every time. But you have to be really, really careful with frequency response too. Another thing I found out recently is that it doesn't even matter if you're using, I think we, I think we already talked about this in a DM once, was uh, if you're using a gross and it's like a really high-end, IEC-compliant, totally standardized measurement system, and then you use a BNK, the frequency response is still yeah. not the same. It's yeah. really funny because we like to harp on the mini DSP ears. I mean, and for good reason. And yeah, Oratory yeah. has a really nice write-up on that. But even in the very high-end rigs, we still don't seem to have solved the problem of everything measuring the same frequency response. Yeah. Even that yeah. still doesn't work. So it's uh, that's that's why I always said in the end, you got to still listen to the headphone. And one of Sean Olive's, I think his targets is to people are unreliable and he's right we're very unreliable subjective impressions are always unreliable so we should try to use data but we haven't characterized uh sound with that data at least as far as i can tell yet that's just my opinion but i think it's probably more difficult with headphones than even speakers definitely yeah, speakers headphones like, are a very complicated can... problem yeah yeah <laughs> um i wanted to okay so let, i have a few other things here that going down my list here things i want to ask you um yeah, so I know I have a sense of what you consider neutral. Sort of. I, I think you consider... <laughs> I'm supposed to make a video on that. I just never write <laughs> I just try well, to keep hinting at it. I mean, the, the way I understand... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but basically what... with So the LCD one with the reveal... Uh, yeah, that's pretty DSP, close, actually. Real now, close yeah, DSP, yeah, yeah. Um, now, is it... Would you consider that neutral for... Uh, just... To back up, I saw recently on Reddit there was a post about somebody was saying how, you know, they want their head, whatever headphone. They don't understand why manufacturers don't tune all their headphones to be flat. Obviously, meaning like neutral, right? Not flat. Right. But, but is your version of neutral something that you would then make use of or apply to for all uh, genres of music that you listen to? Or that's is there a, is there really value for for you yeah. for some sort of coloration there for certain types of music? Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question. So my EQs and my sound preference is very conservative, and that's on purpose. Um, so people who like diffuse fields, I feel like most music is probably going to sound terrible. <laughs> <There's> like, <laughs> but if you go out looking for a very very carefully recorded um, and, and recorded content that's supposed to be played back like that and has been done in a very specific way. Um, it could sound awesome. So that's the problem. Um, and yeah, someone just said no mics are really flat either. That's it's it's, it's that's yeah. that's the what I'm talking about. The circle of confusion actually makes it such that um, my EQs will never work for everybody. That's why I always tell people just it's it's just the starting point, and you should play with the filters, and then you will learn what frequencies sound like, and it'll help you EQ things for yourself and learn more. I I don't like the idea of slapping EQ profiles on things and be like done. Because that that's it's funny because Reddit Reddit thinks a lot like that, and I understand yeah, that that's yeah. you know valuable. Like, hey, we've shown the measurements; it's got to be right. But you should always use your ear in the end. Um, but anyway, okay, I got way off track. What was the, oh yeah, was my EQ yeah. profile um, applicable? Um, so the reason why it's conservative, I said at the beginning, is because I try to make it so that um, neither the upper mids of metal and upper mids, I mean three and a half k ear resonance, is neither the upper mids of metal on fairly well recorded metal which is hard to find by the way <laughs> so some of my, some of the stuff listening back with my profile might still sound harsh but on some decent recordings that i have 
it shouldn't sound harsh. And at the same time, uh, the treble on a lot of electronic music also doesn't sound too bright. And when both of those things are satisfied, and of course I like a little shelf, like two or three dB of a shelf yeah. above neutral. When all of that is satisfied, then I'm satisfied. And that's um, a very conservative approach because, like I said, there's a lot of music. Like, if you do, if you listen to my EQ on jazz, oh man, yeah, it can be really dark. <laughs> that's exactly like, the problem. Yeah. Well, I made the mistake of, of, of I mean, that I, as, as you know, I like serious audiophile music. Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> jazz, classical, acoustic music, you know, stuff with instruments. And weirdly, I look at the tuning of the Verite, which is my, you know, go-to headphone. It's not really, you know, ideal for that because it dramatically cuts 3K hertz um, around. That oh, does it? I, I thought when I looked at the graph, it was more like a 4.5K peak or Could something be. like that Could going be. on. Yeah, but, yeah, maybe but there's, the, the, yeah, it goes, it goes down in the, yeah, yeah, and then it goes out, yeah. So, you know, for for some actually, some of the jazz recordings, it actually sounds just fine. But then there are some where they're they're already quite warm. And it's like doubling down right. on warmth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. Uh, that's that's why like I my go to for that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't have one here, but like it's it's those hi fi man planars because they're, you know, they they actually they elevate there a little bit more, uh, some to the point of a little bit. Well, I found the Sundara a little bit shouty, but um, if yeah, that that oh, I'm going to start on that. That really <laughs> confuses me because every time I've heard a Sundara at Can Jam, it's been shouty. And yeah. then I reviewed one at home, and somebody else sent me theirs, which is at least a year old, and neither of them were shouty. I don't. I, it could be unit variation variations, a whole yeah. other whole another problem, or actually yeah. stealth revision is more likely in that case. But they did do stealth revisions apparently for a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Um, so and and for the other ones that I've seen, uh, to their benefit, like uh, yeah, it the, seems like it. Yeah, but you know that's that's a good thing. I mean, now at least with those yokes, the, the arms won't break off anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they replaced the or they reinforced it. Yeah, that's so. that's another problem with uh, Hi-Fi-Man products. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, that I don't think one. So my my sound is very conservative, and it's definitely going to be warm. And for people who are listening, like you said. I don't know why, how I came up with that stupid term, serious audiophile music. But <laughs> if you're listening to really well-recorded stuff, like I actually have some of it on my test playlist too. Yeah. Um, like I have, uh, I think, I think, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Tiles, who I'm thinking of here. <laughs> he had a bunch of selections from, I think it's Medeski, Martin, and Wood. And yeah. I've added a couple of those to my test playlist. And they're very, very well-recorded. And obviously they sound quite a bit on the warm side. And actually the bass is very overpowering if you bump the bump a shelf so it's it's you know i can't please everybody but nobody can so it's the, I, the best thing i can do is just be like here's what i do for a target this may not work at all for your music or what you prefer to hear so you know i'm always just consistent whenever i go to uh, meet up with people who I like meets or well i've only been to a few meets but just meeting people in general who are into headphones into the hobby and they they have me try out their whatever headphone it is i'm always amazed at the music that people listen to because i mean like i'm <laughs> i'm a bit of a music snob like yeah i won't i'll try not to you know betray that too much when i'm reviewing headphones but like i mean the cat's out of the bag a little bit like i actively think that people listen to like they'll buy three thousand dollar headphones to listen to like <laughs> It, it, battery or immortal or like <laughs> right that's why I, 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 and then there's two things i know so that's one of them and you know they'll 
It's just, it's music that's deliberately recorded so that it sounds bad, right? That's the point yeah, of the music. Right. Yep. And then to try and reproduce that as well as possible. That's quite, it just I know, it's quite, it's like quite funny, yeah. Buying a Porsche and dr driving it as fast as you can into a wall and then saying you didn't like the experience. It's <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's that. that's one of the reasons also <laughs> why I don't own one of the like mega flagships myself is because like, because the stuff I listen to is probably too limiting yeah. for <laughs> what those headphones can do. <laughs> the first time I heard things like Utopian so far, I was like, dude, this thing sounds more held back by the recording quality than like itself. <laughs> At a certain it's, point, yeah. It's really yeah. kind of gets to that point. Um, so yeah, that that is a good point. For me, I don't mind that I want to hear whatever flaws are there. I guess yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun. But, you know, some people that might be really distracting. And actually, they don't want detail. There's another one. There's a preference for not wanting too much detail. Maybe you don't want that. Well, that's... I, I can't, you can't see it, but just out of the frame is the night owl over there. You know, that's... Oh, oh boy. <laughs> for those, uh, actually, that one's not that one's not the same uh, tuning. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's... there's better, but yeah. There is that question of, like... Uh, if we want the perfect and most analytic kind of like, let's say all the technical performance, or do we want something that we just want to listen to and enjoy? Right. Yeah. Those are two, you know, different things that we, that goes from listening to the gear to listening to music and then switches back and forth. I just wanted to mention as well, though, the other thing that I notice at, at events or meeting up with people when they have me try their headphones, everybody's playing the stuff way too loud because it feels like they're trying yeah. to get the most it's like oh i want to hear every last little bit of detail and you can do that if you well maybe not every last little bit but you get the perception there when you just crank it i mean that was something i noticed even just at one of the recent ones i went to i was like i can't remember what headphone it was i was trying it was it was some you know ridiculous flagship and i was actually i was there to check out somebody's dap and of course he, they, he had the music on it and I, and I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> he just put it on my head. I was like, oh, God, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It's just no, way no. too loud. <laughs> I think more often than not, I've put on a headphone. At, oh, it's just, oh, you're going to really be careful uh, with Can Jam because, oh, my oh, yeah, God, yeah. some of the things you put on there. Yeah. The other problem was, I think there was, <laughs> I was with, uh, I was with Max Settings most of last year um, at the show, and <laughs> we were sitting at a booth, and I think somebody switched out. Uh, I forget what it was. I think it was like a Shangri-La or something. And this was on a really, really powerful amp. I can't remember what, which one it was. Then they plugged in an HE-1000SC and nobody changed the volume knob. <laughs> <laughs> I think he practically threw the headphones across the room <laughs> when he played something because nobody changed the volume. Like, it's it's really bad. It's, part of it is that and part of it is just like, oh, yeah, listen to this. And they're like blisteringly high volume. Yeah, you got to be careful. It's pretty funny. I think one yeah. of the reasons why they do that at at meets or at least the meets that i've been to is because well they're trying to hear everything um over everybody else that's one of the problems it's not a very quiet environment but yeah the other one is yeah they're trying to it also music sounds better loud sometimes for a lot yeah. of people it's 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 very complicated in fact even your perception of frequency response changes with listening volume that's a whole nother another topic we could so you gotta got, well, you gotta match amps whenever you're you know if you're evaluating amps you gotta match you got a volume match yeah yeah so yeah the, oh the yeah that's who actually you know what's kind of nice is um on the something i never had before because i always used like a, a shit, uh, shit magnifier forever and when i went to the 789 i was like oh wow i can plug in more than one headphone at once for like the first <laughs> time ever so things that are similar sensitivity i can just plug into se one quarter inch one knot and i'm like wow 
it seems like it doesn't change the sound when I do that, but uh, of course that about, like, immediately invalidates. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what that does to the amp, but uh, yeah. I'm, everyone's probably about to unsubscribe from me for me saying that I plugged in more <laughs> than one headphone into an amp and made a real review. But anyway, <laughs> actually, I'm I'm very thankful for. I mean, just using um, what like SPL matching, like uh, um, on in the rhythmic equalization wizard. Oh, just being yeah. able to use the like sine wave generators and then see so that so you can match volume close enough i mean it's not perfect but like sometimes it'll be like 84.1 and then and 80 83.9 like never quite getting it yeah perfect, right but close enough uh i wanted to i got a couple more questions here for you yeah uh i know this is supposed to be q a we've been going for like an hour so. <laughs> nah, that's fine um i'm not wearing so, an odyssey if... Well, a heavy one. But <laughs> it's okay. We're yours. still we're still representing. We're still yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, and I weirdly okay. I did actually like it. I, I I feel like sometimes the things I say aren't necessarily even like it's it's it comes out one way in like the written content and then maybe another way and I say one thing and it's like oh you immediate this person immediately doesn't like it like. I said that the stage sucks and that the dynamics suck and it's like that's true but there are still good that's things. True. You know? Yeah. But uh, so I did. I did like it, and I do think it's it's good. I just like the Sindara better. Um, yep. So okay. So what do you think for? I mean, this is just a generic question, but if you think like this year to like five years down the road, I know I know where this. I know exactly where oh, this no. question is going to lead. But like, <laughs> do you think? Okay. So like we've talked about this in the past, but basically that idea of uh, you know you put together a driver. Uh, planar magnetic driver whatever it is and it's a very capable driver uh do we go the route of the lcd one with and then with dsp uh you know find do all the fine tuning and stuff like that is that something that actually gets uh pick up from other brands other manufacturers or are they just is everybody else just too worried about potentially degrading the perception of their brand because of that it i mean that weird kind of idea of like well we couldn't really get it the way we wanted it to be so you know here's a profile that you can use to make it sound like the way we wanted it to sound. i mean even though that's not totally what's going on and they've managed to frame it in a certain way that makes sense right. that there's a risk that that um like it feels like maybe that's just uh too difficult a pill to swallow for everybody else yeah i've seen so this is already happening a little more widespread than the average consumer probably realizes because you get things like um, <laughs> Bose <laughs> where right. actually as soon as you turn on the Bluetooth, it's not just Bluetooth. It's a whole EQ and DSP yeah. that turns on. And you can verify that pretty easily because if you plug in the headphone passive, everything's shut off. It doesn't sound anything similar to whatever target they have. So I think that I think in the end... You know, if you don't, it's probably better if you don't tell people that about that and that they just judge it as, oh, this sounds really good. And it'd be really funny to see the reaction of a really hardcore audiophone and be like, by the way, that's like a ton of EQ running on that thing right there. I always thought about like, could people really tell? Well, see, I'd be more worried that? about the audiophiles like really not liking that idea. Because... Uh, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's interesting. I mean, EQ can, EQ is definitely not in yeah. file, but it does introduce some issues, especially when you use it over, over the top. Like if you, I, I, people think I'm EQ crazy. I am, but 
Uh, if there's a headphone that needs like four or five dB, that's starting to get to the point where it's like, mm, something's probably not right about the frequency response. That's a little bit far. Um, yeah. So, but so anyway, they, they wouldn't necessarily go just let's imagine a driver that nobody bothers to tune at all and they're only implementing it. Oh, so like yeah, they, give, no. they don't care about the pads. They're just doing everything. That's not going to happen, right? I've had I've had people ask me that multiple times, and I'm like, that should that I don't know why people think that. Oh yeah, just put a piece of paper in something and EQ it. Like no, it does. That's not that's not how it works. Yeah. I mean, Odyssey always tells me that they're they're trying to tune it as close as possible so that they'd have to use as little EQ as possible. But oh man, they've got some weird products like the iSign and the LCD i4 that are way way off. And I think oh, yeah. that might just be because of the inherent problems with what they tried to do um, with yep. the enclosure and the size of the driver and whatever, that which is one, an odd. That's... Thing. Super interesting to me though too because I mean planar tech in IEMs is not really a successful thing yet because no. it feels like well it feels like again right at that like let's say upper mid range around three k hertz when you close it off it's like that suddenly just elevates like crazy or you like it just is not right no, there. that's and natural when, yeah when you I mean put your up, put your hands over you yeah the LCD yeah. I mean that's exactly what happens yeah so. And with over ears, you can put a whole bunch of damping there, or you can figure out some way to deal with that. But with such a small, you know, um, physical footprint, I mean, it's how do you do that? And then when you look at the Odyssey stuff for like the i3 and the LCD i4, you know, they're well, at least with the i3, it's like it's a cave there, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like the opposite problem, um. Yeah, I've heard the i3 even running the cipher correction. I was like, this, what? There's still no mids. It's still <laughs> even, it's gone. Even so, for me. Yeah, It's got to be weird. like find a nice little middle ground there, you know. Because one of the things I wanted to do was uh, to get like the whole iSign lineup in the i3 and i4 in here. Um, just to see what they've done with the EQ profile on those. Because it is very stream already. And it probably needs yeah. a lot more <laughs> on yeah. top of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I well, have to say... That's a good example. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's a good example of, like... I, I don't know. Maybe... I'm not sure if... Why they greenlit that project. Cause that's a really odd product. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the i4... Aside from the really whacked out frequency response with no EQ. Especially with no EQ... The few times I've heard it, it's been really, really detailed, though. I don't know if that's true or not. I think you've reviewed it before, but it has the same film as the LCD-4, so I'm not too surprised. But I don't know. I guess that's what they were doing. Technical performance over everything. That was actually the goal. Then just EQ it later, which is pretty odd. Yeah, yeah I don't I, know. I'm okay I don't think we'll see it. anything to that degree normally. No, yeah. I, I but don't think, yeah. I think it would be cool. I mean, that, I'd be fine with that as long as it's like, like, like you could imagine, you know, something where it's actually in the physical headphone and then you just push a button and it turns it on kind of like the bose system where you don't need mm. to run the risk of people not necessarily enabling it and yeah then... it's one of the one of the things that annoys me about the mobius is you can't run it passively like i think that right. we probably should be given the option we need we need a we need a bill in congress for allow people <laughs> to use their headphones passively don't make it active only now i'm just kidding but that would be nice if that was a standard thing just yeah, in case yeah. Anyways, uh, okay, I got I got one more question for you that I've written. Yeah. We got to get to the bottom of this. Oh no, <laughs> kind of. Um, okay, so I think there are very good reasons to. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, give a statement here, and then you can react how you want to react. But <laughs> okay. I think there are very good reasons to both 
shoot and export in 24 frames a second. Oh no, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the statement. I don't, by the way. I'm I'm all about thirty. That's the irony. Is that? Oh, like, really? I'll oh, go to that's bat, funny. But I okay. do everything at thirty. Yeah, yeah. But no, the just, only yeah. reason, yeah. So the only re- only reason why we got into some random kerfluffle on Twitter there was because, <laughs> like, I I just see I didn't even notice this for the longest time. Like, I watch lots of Twitter. I watch a lot of YouTube. I don't just make videos here and there, but I watch a lot and. Every time there's a 24 FPS video on a 60 hertz screen, I just can't unsee it anymore because, uh, and, and this was funny because I didn't even notice it until I got a TV not that long ago. I actually didn't even have a TV at all, like for years and years for some reason, because I always watched on my computer. But when I got one, I noticed that when the apps built into it would play like TV shows, probably movies, better example. Um, or film TV shows, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. 24 also. Um, versus if I plug in a streaming box, um, that would look kind of choppy. And I was like, what is going on here? And that's what I realized the um, the frame rate was not matched. The, all the streaming boxes deliver the content over 60 frames a second. And we do that, it's two frames and then three frames and then two, well, two, I'm sorry, two refreshes for one frame, then three refreshes for another frame. And we do that, it looks pretty weird to me. So that's... That was all it was. <laughs> but so, like, so if people can do if people can watch content more often at twenty four hertz refresh or some multiple of it, that's fine. But I think that for the majority of people, it's going to look a little bit better if you use some multiple of of you know or some thirty or sixty, pretty much. So, but, but that's that, just my opinion. So, does that mean that you'd want like say you go to the movie theater and the movie that you watch? you'd want it to be shot at what 30 <laughs> no definitely not that yes yeah, that definitely not that's the thing like i think that the cin i, I do like the cinematic look yeah. of 24 hertz but i think that it should be played at 24 hertz it shouldn't oh be... the refresh rate of the display should yeah be... that that's what i mean the refresh rate of the display should be matched or at least some integer multiple like we're about to enter i think this year this is totally off off the topic because i think we're uh, we're about to go to 120 hertz smartphones are coming out now and yeah, that's this, this one is uh this is and that's gonna be cool right yeah this and one. that's that's gonna be interesting because unless my unless, unless my math completely right or wrong or whatever but i think that is a multiple of 24 so that well, might actually it, look okay <laughs> it it would divide more evenly though because it would divide evenly if you, yeah if you yeah. double that you get 240 right so right yeah um, yeah yeah so, exactly but, yeah uh yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree that 60 was not optimal for the because but we've been on 60 like TVs have been sick even the ones that yeah, advertise 120 or higher or whatever it's all yeah. still 60 natively right so uh, that to me seemed like an odd choice given that uh, you know everything was always in 24. Well, um, the reason why it's 60 is because um, going way back actually I think what's the channel technology connections if you want to go down a rabbit hole of <laughs> <laughs> like the history of technology that's a really good um that's a really yeah. good channel because he explains how tv worked analog tv worked and mm-hmm. the reason why it's 60 i believe is because you're um and the reason why it's 50 over in europe is the same reason as the ac hertz right yeah yeah, yeah. so that's that that's why sense. that happened yeah. and that's also why we had interlacing to simulate 60 but the real yeah. signal was yeah. like 29.97 or whatever it is 
Anywho, but yeah, no, to answer the simple question of, yeah, I don't think movies should be shot at 30. <laughs> okay. No way. That looked real strange. In fact, it's yeah. funny. I was watching Twilight Zone and I forgot that some of the episodes were for, um, or actually I just didn't even know that some of them were shot on tape as an experiment. And I was watching, and I was like, is something wrong with Netflix? Like I'm, I'm hitting my phone. Like what's going on with this? Yeah. And then when they switch back to the film episodes, I'm like, oh, that's much better. <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely don't want movies to be at 30, but I just want 24 to be played back properly. <laughs> that's, 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 I the, mean, yeah, but the fact that you notice is. this kind of stuff, I mean, I feel like I know it's off topic, but like that's, yeah. it's, it's a similar kind of thing where it's like, this kind of gets us back to, I mean, maybe we should probably end here. We've been, yeah. half, but gets us back. We were talking it's about the bad. beginning where, you know, people's experience. I mean, that's basically it all comes down to the experience that we're looking for. Right. And not no. everybody is paying attention as in as, you know, scrutinous of a manner. I'm just going to say that word. It's yeah. I like that one. <laughs> not, not everybody is, 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 uh, you know, approaching, uh, the evaluation with as much scrutiny and, and, and in many ways, like you know, people say, okay, there's no such thing as like special ears or whatever, but like people are specifically like what, you, if you're super, let's call it detail oriented about that kind of stuff, whether about, about experience in general, right. Whether it's auditory experience or visual experience, you're probably more likely to notice certain things that other people will notice, but maybe the majority won't. And if all the stuff, all the content is catered to, what the majority is going to experience then we're missing a important piece so that's why uh, i'm going to end this by saying i'm hopeful that you come back in march or looking forward to that and or also the let's say the weekend q a <laughs> uh, yeah the day-long q a so this is the kind of do. stuff i enjoy so <laughs> as long as i can keep doing these kind of things yeah, yeah it's good stuff to talk about <laughs> But no, that that's very true. I've always been that kind of person. I'm sure you are too, of course. If you're a reviewer, yeah, like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't even matter what it is. It's just at this point, it's gotten really bad for me. It's like, yeah, I'll go look up a product. Doesn't matter what. I think I spent, my God, I think I spent like a week or two looking at humidifiers before I decided which one I wanted to buy. Like it just doesn't even matter what it is. I, the, yeah. the, the the level of detail orientedness <laughs> of us is just oh, it's really funny. You can you can just as easily go down the rabbit hole on like Amazon or whatever else for the most yeah. inane you know you know pointless thing, right? To make sure that you're getting the best one. Um, but yeah, yeah that's that's the kind of people you want doing reviews because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that way they'll cover the bases that you might not have even noticed exist to yeah. begin with. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. Right now, what are the headphones that you personally own? Oh, um, actually, everything that I was borrowing is now back with the manufacturer. Despite popular belief, the LCD one was never mine, and I did send it back. I actually ordered one at one point, and I actually canceled the order after I heard Sundar. I, like, I was like, oh boy, this is uh, this is now going to be a difficult decision. Yeah. Um, so I don't own any of that stuff. Um, I do own this, the K371, yeah, yeah, yeah. which actually I meant to say, you really should review this thing. I want to see what you think yeah, about this, because uh, this is like the ultimate Harman headphone right now. It's on my you radar, for sure. Yeah, that, that, should, that should be it. Um, but yeah, and, and other stuff, which some of which you can see, I think there's a 660S up. Oh, wow. I don't even know where my finger's going right now. Yeah. 660S is up there. Uh, 650 is somewhere. Wow. I really can't even point properly. But anyway, it's 650 think... and 660S are up there in the LCD too. Um, I still have my ZMF Atticus. Um, but... that's, the, that's the purple one, right? Yeah, the purple one. Exactly. So I, And lots so of other gonna stuff. Laugh. 
uh, so oh, you also have the HD 800, right? Oh yeah, that that does that hasn't come out very much for a long time. <laughs> I might sell it actually. We'll yeah. see. Because um, like, yeah. But anyway, it's not one you normally use. You're gonna laugh yeah, when no. uh, uh, I I got an upcoming ZMF headphone to review. Not mine. I wish it were mine, but yeah, uh, right. Somebody's uh, uh, actually. I think he's in the chat right now. Is uh, I believe at least he's gonna be lending me one for uh, for review, and it's also purple. <laughs> oh, I know who it is then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I want to hear one of those too. <laughs> Actually, yeah. somebody else independently offered to send a Verite C to me, so I'm hoping that that happens soon. They haven't shipped it yet, but I'm like, dude, I know how hard it is to get the motivation to go pack something up and ship it, especially when it's like that worth that yeah. much money. Yeah. So just take your time. I'm trying not to rush them, but I do want to compare especially because I, I, I want to get rid of the Atticus too because it's a little bit on the heavy side and I actually just use my 371 at work most of the time now. Um, but I, I want to keep it around to compare to that uh, ZMF as well, see what happens so there. This I'm just showing this here. This looks super weird. Uh, this is actually the lobe strap back when I had an LCD2 pre-phaser. <laughs> uh, and uh, I figured out a way to just replace the headband for the or the, the little strap on the ZMF. This makes such a oh, world of difference. Oh, I see it difference. now. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it took a second, yeah. But yeah, it makes such a world of difference for ZMFs. Uh, well, I don't know. They're not they're not that uncomfortable or un uncomfortable to begin with, but they, oh, they no. are a little on the heavier side for some of the older ones especially. These ones, like the... I'm, I'm shilling ZMF here right now, but like the Verite... <laughs> it's okay. Like big time, time. Yeah. Anything with the new uh, magnesium alloy chassis, that's it's way lighter than the rest of them. Yeah. And... Uh, and also with the Verite C, I haven't tried, I haven't uh, had a chance to review it yet, but that one is also, it's like the lightest closeback. It's also like, the other one's kind of like stick out on the side a little bit, and that one is not, it's more like like, like this. But anyways, uh, this uh, helps a lot uh, for that, because again, I'm probably the biggest comfort snob, I think, out of all <laughs> reviewers. <laughs> the, the necklet supreme over here. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I was I was fine for the longest time, and then for some reason, the LCD2 closed back just destroyed me. I don't know yeah. what happened with that. I don't know if it's just, like, the way the weight balance was or what, but, like, man, my neck was, like, damaged <laughs> for, like, two months or something, and finally starting to come back into my own here. I actually put a carbon headband on my LCD2 phaser. Yeah. Uh, to lower, I mean, it doesn't do that much. I think I measured it's probably about 30 grams lighter, which is nice, but not crazy. For some reason, my LCD2 ended up being 600 grams. I don't know why. It's not normally supposed to be quite that heavy. Wood Actually, variation. I'm supposed to be getting one to review at some point here, an LCD2, uh, I think, the recent one. Yeah, the one, the, one of the newest ones. If it's got the suspension headband, then it's really, yeah. really new. Yeah, that would be yeah. Not the be classic, great. but the LCD2. The, the real uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I actually one. had it side by side with the classic. That was surprising. Yeah. They're not as different as I thought they were. But So you'll yeah. still be getting that kind um, of sound. But I think Max Settings is supposed to be... I think he might be getting an LCD 3 phaser not too long ago. Headphones. Oh, yeah, I, saw that. I think sent him one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that should be really cool because that one doesn't get talked about very much either. It's sort of the, the red, the, the red-headed stepchild of the of the bunch. Yeah, it's now. really funny. I did two reviews on that. One of them was a uh, pre-2016, and it was like grainier than my 650. LOL at variation. And then I did a, <laughs> I finally did like a 2018, and it was it was a good step above the LCD too. But yeah, everyone talks about the LCDX and the two. 
and the four, you, but not much with the other ones. How would you rate the LCDX in like today's landscape with like the Ananda and you know the Aria and all those other? I think it's especially a good value now because it used to be like eighteen hundred, I think. Yeah. But the, with now it's like eleven ninety nine or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And this is assuming that the variation problems, which were really severe in the LCDX early on, are gone. I'm hoping they are by now, but. Uh, we can't know for sure. I mean, the quality of that company has improved, but yeah, we'll see. But assuming you get a good one, that's a really, really detailed headphone. It always surprises me. And it's yeah. not just because it's slightly brighter, but it's like on the level of the LCD3, I think, in the treble. It's it's quite good. Is it, um, but it is, is it heavy, heavy also. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's also oh, yeah, it's, a bunch of weight there, yeah. If I remember right, when I did, I did the LCDX uh, that somebody sent me, I think it was a 2018 versus a 2 Classic. And when I measured the LCDX, despite the spec on the website, I think it was... Like six hundred and like seventy or six hundred eighty grand. It's a it's a thick one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, it's weird. For me, but on anyway, well, on my list is still the Hyphaman uh, Aria right there for that sub two thousand dollar. I mean, the headphone would be. I mean, have you tried right. the headphone? No, no. I'm gonna hear that on a Can Jam probably for the okay. first time. So that'll be pretty interesting. It's. I mean, that's. It's too bad you don't get a chance to try it at home. Uh, maybe you will, hopefully, but I, I probably will eventually review it. Eventually, yeah, because yeah. it's it's super open, right? So like, it's uh, you hear the world around you like the same way you would. Oh really? Oh wow! So, yeah, I don't think I ever had an yeah. open back that was quite that open. Like That's it's really like weird. the original HE five hundred level of open. Like it's oh, just okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. At least that was my experience. Like. Yeah, I'm always down to see what a new driver tech would be because we don't see that very often. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I've heard I'd the Rawl actually already. I uh, heard I don't it too. Know. I don't know if you have. I it's. Yeah. I mean, the bass is I, the only yeah. part that really disqualifies. But anyway, yeah, that was my experience as well. I, <laughs> I, I other I, than I that, it's it, actually yeah. pretty good. I was impressed by the like stage aspects. Yeah, but I would that's hope so. About it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not. It wasn't my favorite of that event where I heard it. It wasn't the favorite that I heard so yeah um, anyway all right yeah. all right we should probably end it there uh, <laughs> we could just keep going down the rabbit hole for yeah i know that was a pretty good stream i was uh, was headphones. fun thanks yeah. all righty man uh talk to you again soon and uh all right yeah see, see you guys see everybody who's watching and uh follow metal 571 um yeah follow metal 571 wait where is he he's here <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on i'm on yeah right, right now i mostly live on twitter at that same handle um yeah but yeah i'll be back on youtube probably in march yeah all right all right i'll see you guys and thanks for tuning into the live stream and we'll be doing another one here probably pretty soon maybe next week uh with somebody else who's equally as exciting as metal 571 actually i don't know if that's true but that'd be great yeah get wheezy in <laughs> I don't, I don't... He, he just commented oh, that's a good yeah, that's there, a great idea go. yeah 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 <laughs> all right Alrighty, man thanks for the good good talk to you and uh, thanks yeah, for, it was, for tuning it was in great thanks for hosting cheers See you guys, guys.